Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy, presented by the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys, brought to you by the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. I'm George Soroy, and this is going to be a whole lot of fun this episode because I get to uh, present to you someone who I have known for quite a few years now and finally get to speak with her. I need to give my, uh, my kudos to, once again, to the wor- uh, wonderful world of social media because it's through that that we have been able to connect with so many different people around the world and you get to meet so many, so many different great people that you would only know through their words. And when it comes to uh, when it comes to the writing community, I've said this uh, se- said this several times before. There has been uh, there's a really great um, sense of camaraderie within the writing community. Within most of it, I should say. Um, every now and then, you'll get uh, you'll get situations where people are using social media for much more nefarious means, which um, is definitely to be frowned upon. Um, but the great thing about being able to interact with so many different authors is not only being able to connect with them personally, but you also get to see um, just how perfectly in sync their personality is with the stories that, that are in their head. And it becomes something re- uh, really great because the more you get to know them and the more you get to know their writing, the more you're just like, I've got to hang out with this person. And that's kind of what I felt almost right away when I was intro- introduced to the world of Jessica McHugh, or I should say the McUniverse. Um, basically, what um, Jessica was part of a um, part of many different people that participated in the whole like for like pages, and it was through that that I got to connect with her and see what uh, what kinds of stories she has. And yeah, they're pretty amazing. And then that allowed, allowed me the opportunity to get to know her as a person and turns out even more amazing. And so that, uh, that is why I'm really kind of um, having a slight fanboy-esque experience here, uh, getting to finally talk with her. And I really hope that you guys will feel the same when I introduce you to her right now. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce to you Jessica McHugh. Jess, how are you? I am doing extremely well. Thank you so much for having me. That was a that was a heck of an intro. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot about the like for like stuff. That was yeah. That was I want to say like around 2011, 2012. That's yeah. kind of when they were really in in vogue. Um, that was a really nice way to not do my work, like yeah. <laughs> at the job where I worked at that time. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was great. Just and it's uh, being able to. Um, not only being able to like connect with all these other people that you never would have connected with them otherwise, mm-hmm. um, but then actually like getting to getting to know them because like obviously there are so many of them you're not going to get to everyone at right at, absolutely. At, at, absolutely at most especially considering all the algorithm changes that fa- Facebook themselves are going through so that oh way my gosh. yeah you you know like you can only kind of reach out to a specific specific group of people if you are already interacting with them. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Really it's, giving you it's the been a wild ride, a wild promo ride on Facebook. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and um and so I knew, you know, like as as soon as soon as I started, you know, like re, you know, like getting more familiar with your work, all I could think of was just like, God, I would love to just have a beer with this person. You know, just <laughs> Well, yeah, just, I, uh, I will pretty much, I'll go to the opening of an envelope if there's beer involved. So there you I mean, go. There you go. All right. I mean, so that's, so that's what I need to do for the next book. Have beer on hand. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, if you have beer, I will travel. 
Awesome. Awesome. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, also, now, you know, you just seem like a cool person. I would like to hang out with you as well. Oh, and- Jess, you, you, you flatter me. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, before we go back in time to your writing, I am curious about one uh, one part of um, of your recent um, travels, I would say, and <laughs> because I really got got um, became addicted very quickly uh, to the Hypergraphia podcast. Oh yeah! Now <laughs> tell us a little bit about that, because like I I was I was very, you know like I was into it. I listened to yeah. all you know like every episode. Yeah, Hypergraphia was a really awesome um, project that Jack Wallen and I cooked up. I mean, really, it, Jack was uh, kind of the the inspirado behind it. You know, he he came to me, and we had such a great um, rapport, and like just loved talking about writing and any type, uh, talking about the problems and how you work through it. And uh, yeah, we just really got down into the nitty gritty stuff, and we're very. Uh, frank about the what it is to try to live as a writer and it's it's definitely not easy and um unfortunately we don't do it anymore but it was it was a lot of fun um i i had to pull out just because like oh my gosh i was going through so much stuff that i was like Like something something had to give yeah 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 it was yeah basically and so every time we would like (laughs) Like anytime he's like, okay, what are we going to talk about on the podcast this week? I would just want to be like, just scream for a minute straight. Mm. <laughs> That's like all I could talk about was just like, ah! yeah. So. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, I'm, I hope one day we can get back to it. That would that is definitely uh, something I would like to aim for. Awesome. And the uh, the episodes that you guys already recorded, they're still out there, right? Yeah, yeah. They're still there on um, podbros.com. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're archived. So anybody who wants to take a little listen about, you know, getting out of uh, getting stuck and stuff like that. And also, I know writers can sometimes feel very solitary and alone. So I feel like sometimes those episodes are really good to show you that whatever issue you're having someone or dozens or hundreds of other writers are having the same problem as you and you're not alone and you don't have to despair. Even if you write horror, you can have hope. There you go. (laughs) I even, I I pictured it almost as like, it kind of takes your hand gingerly as it pulls you up off the ground and then smacks you in the face to kind of get you to wake up and (laughs) get back, you know, get your, get back into, uh, get back at the desk, get mm-hmm. you know get down in your chair and get back to writing so absolutely and but then that's, also that's, also about like you know taking care of yourself too if you know if you're not getting any enjoyment out of you know writing don't force yourself don't beat yourself up about it you know take a break do some other kind of art find some other way to channel that creativity or tell stories because you know sometimes people need those breaks too so yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's kind of why, why I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's a great opportunity to, um, to be able to chat with so many, you know, great creative people. Um, and it's, and obviously for, you know, for selfish purposes, cause I get to actually speak with so many people that I've only chatted with, you know, like on, on occasion on Facebook. So that is, that is a de- definitely a fun part of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, a, this is, you know, like this, Hopefully, the ulterior motive is to really kind of get myself back into a groove so that way I can get the third part of Excelsior done and I can also get the first part of this other series that's been nagging at me for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, and and you know, you know that feeling. Very oh, yeah, well. <laughs> very, very well. Um, we will, yeah. we will be discussing a Mellon Farman heist, knife, uh, heist novel very soon because I can't wait to read that, you know, just from, from the title alone. And just in case you guys are wondering, that's not really the official title. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the family-friendly title. Yes, yes. That's and uh, for, for the most part, we're a family-friendly show. So, um, mm. like It I is said, important the to part. the plot, though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Melon but farming it, was specifically chosen. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's so let's go back to the beginning here. Like um, now, from the little 
uh, pictures that I've seen on Facebook, writing goes back a long way for you. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's take a little trip in the way back machine and take um, <laughs> and let's uh, let's let you tell us about young Jess uh, discovering discovering writing. Um, I think it was, uh, it, it really, uh, became a huge part of my life in fourth grade. Um, I guess we had a series of weeks that were devoted to creative writing. Um, and the, I guess the teacher, M Mrs. Burke was just like really enthused with it. So I have a portfolio of like all kinds of stories come in, you know, my first horror story that was graded down because it was too gory which it has it, it has a dead dog in it like it oh. is it's yeah it's it's deep horror <laughs> yeah so it really goes there <laughs> yeah it, yeah it goes there and it's like on that like you know the wide lined paper so you know oh very, no really <laughs> written in, in cursive so it's like super unwholesome. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. It's called James Two. James takes Manhattan. That's and there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I wasn't super original, um, but there was uh, also I remember a um, like a game we did where she had all these different kind of like pieces of art set up on the chalkboard, and you had to pick one and um you had the title of the picture and then you had to write a story about it and i picked this picture called mr linden's library hmm. and that was the name of the story as well and the picture is like i think it's a boy in sleeping in bed and he has a book open on his nightstand and like vines are coming out of it and like getting to like grabbing him oh wow so i wrote this whole story about a it was very much, you know, the the bookshop from uh, Never Ending Story. Oh yeah, <laughs> but well, like touch of evil dead, apparently. Wacky <laughs> bookkeeper, <laughs> Mr. Linden, and yeah, it was just like kids would go in and they would open a book about like oceans and like a big tidal wave would come out and like sweep them up and oh fun stuff like that. But I mean, there was. <laughs> And then it's like, finally, the parents are like, all right, this, you know, our kids keep going into this place, <laughs> disappearing. And so it's like- So they they're just down. gone, right? Like that's, you know- Yeah, they go down in like a big mob, basically. And oh, the wow. like, library is just gone, like an empty <laughs> corner. <laughs> nice. That's it. That was like my favorite story forever, like that I wrote. I was so proud of it. Now, did you get to read that out loud? Because I know like that's what happens sometimes. I, I have not read it out loud. I think I've shared some pieces of it online because it does have some pretty ridiculous parts. Nice. A, very, a lot of the dialogue sounds like um, R.L. Stein, like Fear Street. Okay. Books, like those teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's, I, I, I think it's all right. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, so that's, a, that's a very rare thing to be able to look back at your writing from so far, from so far away. Yeah. You'll look at I mean, it and, and be able to appreciate it. Like I'm, I lost all of my steno notebooks that I used to fill with oh, characters that are still around now. Um, oh, yeah. And I am so thankful that those, that those notebooks are nowhere to be found because man, I was doing like reverse fan fiction with that, you know, like, because, mm -hmm. There is, um, with fan fiction, it's, you know, it's taking, you know, characters you know, and then right. putting them in new scenarios. Mm -hmm. I did the reverse. I did characters you're just knowing now with mm -hmm. scenarios you, are, you already know. So, like, I was dropping them in, like, you know, so many different movies that I'd known, like, from over the oh, years. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Only now it's just like, you know, and I still kind of do that, but it's very you know very you know you know very uh very distant now it's like i was yeah. able to kind of rewrite and rewrite so that way it's it looks comes off more original um but yeah like that that was that was my my style um it's funny you should say like J uh you had james too james yeah because like uh when victor miller first wrote friday the 13th his original name for the character was josh um, oh yeah <laughs> so yeah for both, for both, you know, Victor, 
you know, like, yeah, for Victor, yes, Jason was the, the way to go with that. Um, but I, I still kind of like picture, you know, like young Jess, you know, standing in front of the classroom, reading this story, and all the kids just slack-jawed. Just yeah, just I don't know. I, I don't have a memory of that, but it's very possible that it happens. Yeah. I mean, I did like to get up in front of the class, so I, I yeah, but it's, there, actually, there's a probably there's like an 80% chance that that happened. Nice. I blocked it out because I was like having a panic attack during it or something. Right. <laughs> so, um, so once you started writing, like kind of like that, was it through those classes? That's when kind of like the writing bug really kind of caught you and just like. I think so. I, I, I wrote a lot of poetry um, mm -hmm. and songs because I really wanted to be like a songwriter and a singer. Um, so I wrote a lot of poetry and songs um, and then when I had like a class where I had to write a short story, I enjoyed doing it. Right. Um, but, but mostly through middle school and high school, I was writing just terrible, terrible poetry uh -oh. that I still have. Um, <laughs> poetry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of it's pretty angsty. Like there is like a, a, a 10 page one all about like a boy sitting like near me in class. It was uh, like his sweater. How would it feel on my cheek? No, I mustn't. I don't know. It's it's some. <laughs> it's real. It's it's real bad. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, and then I um in high school I also I wrote a couple of screenplays. <laughs> really. And and there was a point in in high school where we started to film one of my movies, and it's just we like we cast it, and we had um like planning sessions and we just never got around to it. It's, oh, awesome. it's terrible. There is one copy of it that my, my best friend gave me for my 30th birthday. I think like the one remaining script copy. It's, oh no, it's pretty ludicrous. It's called yeah. $1 plot. $1 plot. Yeah. Because one day my friend, uh, Steven Scroby came up to me in the morning and he said, I had a dream about you last night and you were just standing there saying, um, it's a $1 plot. It's a $1 plot. And after I finished writing this stupid screenplay, I didn't have a title for it. So I decided to call it $1 Plot. That's great. <laughs> it's kind of like but Stephen real, King. It's babies. real 90s. Like, yeah. so 90s. Like, there's like a Jamie Kennedy nipple licking scene in a Taco Bell. Like, Oh, my. <laughs> I got nothing for that. <laughs> yeah, no. It should never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> so um so through you know so through high school like the the writing is getting more and more developed did you know you know which direction you really wanted to go like which particular format really you know really, really was going to grab your attention um by the end of high school I, um I had a whole bunch of things like I wanted I, at one point I wanted to be a director or a um, playwright which was you know I did enjoy writing plays in, in high school and it's kind of fun since I ended up ended up making money off of some of the plays that I've written so yay good me yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, I, at the end of high school I was so focused on um, drama and like, theater and mm -hmm. uh, show choir and stuff so I actually ended up going to school uh, assuming that I was going to be in the theater department and, you know, major in that, but I just didn't. Um... I did the same thing. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, I, I, I had three years in drama in high school and that was where I really kind of felt like that was where I was going to mm -hmm. go. And I wound up studying, studying theater with a concentration in acting. Yeah. Over in college. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I went to Frostburg State. I took you know intro to acting and, and and intro to theater and all that kind of stuff. And I could never work up the courage to audition for a play. Really? Um, also, I wasn't there very long. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So I ended up uh pretty much going back home mm -hmm. after half a semester in college. Right. And I had uh, I had met someone there, so I was like dating somebody. I'm not gonna blame him for what happened mm -hmm. in college, me dropping out, but I'm gonna blame him. He was too cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was unfair to me. Understandable. Uh, <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, but so I ended up uh, next couple years, kind of just 
not not really doing much writing. Mm -hmm. um, I was still kind of writing poetry and stuff, but I, I ended up working at this kiosk in a mall and it was like right next to a Walden books. And I, you know, I was always a big reader, but I just, yeah. you know, every day I would sit there for, you know, 11 hours with nothing to do. Wow. So I'd be reading and reading and reading and reading, just getting a new book every day. And at one point I was reading the Cimmerillion and H.P. Oh Lovecraft and wow. like a raw doll short story collection, just kind of bouncing back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then I just set down like all the books and I picked up a pen and I started just planning out a fantasy series and building this world and these characters and a, and a language. And, you know, when I was tired of that, I was writing little short stories that were either very much Lovecraft <laughs> ripoffs mm -hmm. or very much Raw Doll ripoffs. Were they <laughs> part of that universe or were they just like their own separate stories? Separate things. Yeah. So I have, I have so many notebooks during that time. And it was, um, I think it was around 2003. Um, just so much productivity at that time and sketches and uh, whatnot. So uh, yeah, I, and I had a, uh, I had a, story in there actually there are the first three short stories that i ever wrote they're mm -hmm. like the unholy trinity because <laughs> like they were ones that i just could not sell mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i guess probably it's best that you don't sell your uh first attempts at like real you know short stories but uh th but always in weird ways like i would i would sign a contract and then the place would go out of business oh, man. <laughs> like weird stuff like they were really workers selling they were killing presses <laughs> wow <laughs> oh man uh, yeah i i definitely understand that it was just like you sure you want to read this because yeah you're about to cross <laughs> but, a really populated street here so right they ended up uh wicked library ended up putting one of those stories in an audio version though so and oh, nothing nice. bad has happened to that them yet so they should very be cool yeah <laughs> so that's basically when i just i I was like 19. I just started writing one day and then just did not stop for yeah. several years straight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, right the, now, um, I feel like I'm taking a much deserved break. <laughs> well, right now, you know, like, I do have to say that, you know, like, um, one of the things that I always, you know, like, always admired about you is that you were always not only showing, you know, sh showing everyone your progress, mm -hmm. but there were just, I mean, like you were going like a factory almost. It was just like just yeah. one thing after another. It was just like, it was, it was mind blowing to me, you know, mm -hmm. to see that and everything just cause like, you know, here I am just, you know, like I spent five years getting Ever Upward uh, finished. Um, and, you know, Excelsior was its own, you know, like uh, its own journey all, you know, like all together. But um, I mean, just seeing like that kind of work and everything like that sort of, that sort of work ethic, you know, it's, some, it's something that, you know, a lot of people, you know, need to, need to see and just yeah. like, just kind of remind themselves like, hey, you know, like if I can keep plugging away on, on these things and I'm going to have, you know, like one hell of a good library, you know, like at, yeah. at my disposal. I mean, and if, if you're, if, if it excites you, if you're passionate about it, you know, it shouldn't mm -hmm. be that hard to kick up a little energy to a little work and knuckle or uh, knuckle down and get some work done. You know, if, but then sometimes that's indicative of something else. Like when I'm working on a story and I'm just not feeling it and I keep finding reasons to put it off. Well, is there a reason behind that? That's, you know, just mm -hmm. beyond me being, you know, exhausted is what's really going on with this story. Yeah. Let's break it down and see what's happening here. And sometimes those stories don't survive and yeah. you have to like, you have to start over from scratch. And I don't think that anybody has, <laughs> who's been like, uh, any writer you ask is not going to sugar, sugarcoat it. Right. I mean, that this is going to happen and it's going to happen often and it's going to take a lot of work. But if you enjoy it, you know, it's, it's good work. Yeah. It yeah. should be, and it's fun. <laughs> and we're, and, you know, considering that this is November, we're right in the middle of National Novel Writing Month. Yeah. Uh, I've been super jealous watching everyone's word counts fly oh, me by. Too. Me too, especially because like mine, you know, kind of like stalled right out of the gate. I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the, 
still sitting at the starting line like Anakin Skywalker with his pod right there, oh. thinking, like, what's going on here <laughs> um but you know like I I know that you know like that particular story is worth telling obviously mm-hmm. it's the last part of a trilogy so it kind of has to be told right um, you know but um and the other story that I have ready to go like right after it like it's it's just I'm chomping at the bit and getting ready to go to go with that one um mm-hmm. so you know like um what was it like getting that first, you know, like full on, like, I have to write this story done? Oh my gosh. Um, I moved, my first NaNoWriMo was 2012 mm-hmm. and I wrote the green kangaroos and, uh, it's still hands down my most enjoyable writing experience of all time. It's really? My, it's my favorite novel that I've written it was so much fun to write and it was mm-hmm. a it was a story that i had been thinking about you know for a, a couple of years i had ideas written down and then when i heard about nano it felt like the perfect opportunity to just pump out like some crazy insane novel that you know was completely different from anything i'd done before mm-hmm. it you know and after that i actually like if i wasn't writing a novel in a month like <laughs> Right. <laughs> I felt like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, I mean, that's not really, that's not a healthy way. No, of course way. not. Yeah. You know, but for a rough draft, I mean, if you're really inspired by it, you know, I mean, a month isn't, isn't too bad. If, I mean, if you're aiming for something in the, you know, 70,000 word range, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. talking over 100,000 words, that's rough. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That's, that's no. Why are you doing? You're, you're pushing yourself too hard. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you know that I did get that out of my system with Ever Upward. You know, like, but at the same time, I don't see anything else that I write being that long again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Green Kangaroos was the first NaNoWriMo project. Mm-hmm. Um, you had other. You had you had done other books prior to that one though, right? Yes. Yes. I had, um, yeah, and Rabbits in the Garden was, like, one of my, you know, biggest kind of early books, you know, with Postmortem Press, that, mm -hmm. and that's the one that I'm writing the sequel to now, or editing. Oh, really? Editing for the last, like, three years. That was the last (laughs) NaNoWriMo I did, was uh, the sequel to uh, Rabbits in the Garden, Hairs in the Hedgerow. Right. And it, I hit 50,000 on my birthday for the for the last i think every nanorimo i always hit 50,000 on my birthday which is today on That's the 15th. fantastic yes it is uh, oh. november 15th so oh, yeah. yes you know, and like, <laughs> you know I, I already wished you happy birthday i'll say it again happy birthday <laughs> thank you yeah. but uh i hit that and then i ended up uh and then unfortunately 4 days later my cat passed away uh, so that kind of threw a wrench into my NaNoWriMo progress, clearly. Um, I decided to push through that and keep on writing, which in hindsight was probably a bad idea because I've spent the last three years rewriting and reworking what I <laughs> foolishly wrote in grief. Understandable, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of, I'm close. I'm so close. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's definitely it's been an experience though yeah i'm yeah. sure you know um so what was your what was that first book the first one that you that you believe like you know this is the one that this is this is the one that will introduce me to the world oh my gosh well my first published novel was an arthurian legend novel called mm-hmm. camelot lost and it mm-hmm. is still my longest novel i think at like yeah. 120,000 or something. Oh my. It's a beast. Yeah. Like it's it's purple prose, bodice ripping, um evil king Arthur stabbing pregnant ladies and oh, like wow. it, it's it's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the author says it's messed up, it's messed up. So you got you got to believe them on it. So I mean, I still I I I went back and read a little bit of it not too long ago, and I, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it because it is what it is, and I think for, for what it is, it was a really cool story. Mm-hmm. It was fun to write, and it was, it was uh, like the first book I wrote after uh, meeting my 
you know, the, the man who would become my husband and he encouraged me to write it. So yeah. it's a very special place in my heart. <laughs> That's always a good thing. That's always yes. a good thing. And um, yeah. And you, you won't, you won't get, uh, you, you won't get uh, very many, um, many relationships on, um, many glimpses at relationships online um, that are that are more adorable than Jess. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> um, you, know, you just you just know that you know like that uh, that there's there's always that kind of feeling where you know like there are a couple of people that are destined to that should be together. And um, I know that when my wife and I exchange quotes from Mannequin, uh, yeah. we both know. <laughs> It's like that. Yeah. This this had to happen. We had to, mm -hmm. you know, like Cheryl and I had to be together, just like you and Dave had to be together. So, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He's a he, as uh, Eric Beebe always says. Eric Beebe, who runs Postmortem Press, mm -hmm. Dave is the most patient man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a very loud person. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, any anyone who decides that they're going to spend their their life with a writer. Um, yeah, I know. don't know. I would not. I would mm -mm. if I was if I was. They're, not they're doing the Lord's work. We'll just say that. <laughs> Writers are gross. Yeah. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Shiroi, presented by the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. Prepare to ignite. And browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Uh, so the Arthurian legend one, you know, Camelot's, was it? Cam Camelot uh, Lost. Camelot Lost. I, I, I got the title by putting it into a title generator because I couldn't decide on, I'm really bad at titles. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really was fed up and just picked it. And I was like, I hope people read it as, you know, Camelot lost and not like, you know, Camelot's playing in like a soccer game and it's like, oh, Camelot lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <good. laughs> but uh, um, it was published by a really uh, disreputable company, uh, once called Publish America. Oh. Um, they're oh. based out of the, sorry, I'm filling up my wine glass. Cause oh, no worries. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they're actually, they have a new, what are they now? America Star, I think. Um, they're based out of the town I live in, Frederick. And uh, I had sent out Camelot Lost to so many places. And it almost seemed like they weren't even reading it because I kept getting all these Mists of Avalon comparisons. And I was mm. like, I mean... There's really not, except for the characters, right. <laughs> like Arthurian legend characters. Yeah. <laughs> and there's um, only so many to work with yeah. you know, in, that, in that time frame there. <laughs> I, I mean, I had some other, you know, I had other characters too that weren't in Mr. Battlelon, so I don't know. Uh, but it, it just wasn't getting anywhere. And I was just like, you know, whatever. I don't have to like, you know, pay for it you know, to be published, they're just gonna, they just do it. They'll just take anything. Right. And it has an, it has an okay cover, you know, they asked me mm -hmm. for cover ideas. I gave them a few, they used them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they just, you know, every oh, sword and a lady and a flower and a flower. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a sword, there's a lady, there's the flower. flower. <laughs> flower yeah. It's like uh, the old highlights kind of puzzles, just like, can yeah. you spot like all of these, these different things? Yeah, and like the ladies on the front really aren't very indicative of like what the book's about. So uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it was, I, I mean, I got to hold a book 
of mine in my hands for the first time. And I got to have a little credit in my bio. I didn't say who published the book, but, (laughs) and I got some reviews, you know, um, it's it's the only book that's published under my maiden name. So, Oh really? Yeah. So it's a super collector's item. (laughs) Have you thought about like getting the, getting the rights back so you can kind of. I do. I do have the rights back. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Cause publish America, they kind of have their own wing. Yeah, I got them back a while ago. Good Good move. Yeah, I have a couple since um, a few of my novels have gone out of print over the last uh, few years. I I just have those kind of chilling, waiting for me to have some time to give them a once over, Mm -hmm. you know, update them. One of the ones was, um, which recently came out from Raw Dog Screaming Press, Nightly Owl, Fatal Raven, is a rewrite of a book I had published in 2010 called From the Herald's Wearied Eye. Oh, okay. So hopefully I can do that with some of the other ones, you know, not necessarily rewrite them, but at least tweak them a little bit. Yeah, expand them, update them kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Update the technology maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. And hopefully so, uh, they won't be ruined by the technology that's come out since. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> so, um, so Camelot Lost comes out. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? What, uh, what came next after that? A Touch of Scarlet, I believe. That was a mm-hmm. novella. Um, came out from Eternal Press. That's also out of print. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, it's a weird uh, story about a girl who sees like holes in the like sidewalk and the ground and like can jump into different worlds. And it like turns out that she's <laughs> so weird thinking about this story. I haven't thought about this story in ages. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it turns out that she was like a creature designed to destroy God and wow. like, god came in and like basically figured out who she was and like changed her completely so she wouldn't grow up being the person who destroyed him so then she finds out basically that her whole like everything about her is a lie and was changed and she wages a war on god (laughs) (laughs) so is um is that one I'm, wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think so, yeah i think i wrote that when i was like 23 or so when i came mm-hmm. out when i was maybe like 27 so it was a good <laughs> it's action-packed that's yeah. for sure <laughs> so the um so that one a touch of scarlet you know that was um you said that camelot lost was the only one that was written under your maiden name so was, yeah so this is you know after you were uh, Mrs. Dave McKee. I was I was engaged uh, so I was engaged when when Touch of Scarlet came out so I was just kind of eh, it'll be fine <laughs> yeah just kind of getting used to you know like um, let's go ahead and run with this name because yeah yeah <laughs> that's like, cool. that's very cool like the way you know yeah. going ahead going ahead with that so I know so you said that that one was so that um that publisher went out went out of business you said um you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're still in business or yeah. not. They were not um, very responsive. Mm. And, you know, when I was very much at the beginning of my writing career, so I was just kind of still starry-eyed and, we don't, you know, yeah, like, when, I when am when a bug. Going, We don't know what we don't know. You know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, they published mostly, I think, erotica and like dark fantasy with like with romance and stuff like that and this was not a romance yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i don't think it did very well there i think i i don't think i've made i made ten dollars on it Mm. the entire time it was out and that was did they did their cover art kind of try to try to try to squeeze in no, and the cover art was was okay. It was kind of neat. Yeah, I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, "I like the some of this. This girl's head looks weird, but whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they didn't. It was so thin, like the print copy, like the spine. I did. There was nothing was on the spine, and the the back cover art was like completely different from really? the front. It was yeah. Hmm. So that was a nice little. A nice little run. <laughs> yeah. 
So my mom has that, you know, it's probably like my mom, my dad have it, like a couple of people. There's a, there's a friend of mine, Royce, who has every single one of my books. I know. That's cool. Getting, so. Yeah. <laughs> so when, um, um, have you thought of like maybe kind of making that something to as almost like a loss leader kind of thing, like try to use as a free gift or something for people who sign up for? I mean, that, I mean, that's a, I could. Yeah, I definitely could. Uh, but I mean, the thing is like, I do feel like I have all this stuff kind of just chilling. Right. And I just am, I want to edit it first. And I yeah. know that's like, oh, yeah. also, you know, uh, I know that's going to like eat up even more time, but I feel like all that stuff was written so long ago, mm -hmm. you know, and I haven't, I feel like I've grown a lot as a writer and I, it would be a disservice to my voice to just, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I know the feeling like you don't want to, your style changes, you know, like, over yeah. the years. You but know, like, then I, I mean, maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's more true to the art if I put it out the way it was, I don't know. I'm torn. Yep. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling too, because I, when, uh, when, um, when Excelsior was first published, in the self-published version, um, I was asked by someone, uh, what other books do you have? And I said, like, well, the only one, only other book that I have that's done is the novel I did in 2002 from Parts Unknown, which is with iUniverse. And she said, like, you, you got to get the rights back to that. You get the rights back. You can re relaunch it, you know, uh -huh. as an ebook under your own name. And sure. I was like, yeah, why not? I reached out to iUniverse and it's not like it was selling at all. So they were just like, yeah, fine. Go ahead and take it. Mm -hmm. I took it. I reread it and I realized I didn't like it anymore. And I spent, oh. I spent like, uh, man, from September, 2011 to January, 2015, I was rewriting that. And I turned it into the five part serial that it is now. So yeah. it's, it's, it's gone through a whole lot of changes. So I know exactly what you're talking about. There is, um, there's, another of my novels that's not in print anymore that came out with e-treasures which is i don't believe is still in business because they were not a very nice company um but it is it was until green kangaroos my favorite story that i'd ever written and i know it's my mom's favorite story and it's very um it's it's a huge contrast to like basically everything else i had written it's very um it's basically like urban fantasy okay and it's a uh, song of idolins it's it's about like a girl and the philosopher's stone and alchemy and oh, wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was really digging deep in there yeah 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 but it's a really it was a really interesting book and i i loved it a lot and then stuff just got so muddled with the contract and the publisher and i ended up having to like break with them and so now it's just kind of sitting around and that one absolutely needs an update because it takes place in 2001 oh, and okay. even though it was written in like 2009 whatever like it just it needs to be updated and mm -hmm. there's no reason for it to be set then so you're gonna, what I was thinking, so you're gonna drop it in like present day then yeah probably probably but then of course i gotta update because it takes place in london so there have been some, a few changes. A few, yeah. A few, just, you know, just, you know. You know wanting to get out. In this, this, yeah. There and, is that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically, it's, you know, it's getting the, the time to be able to sit down and really go through it and fix what needs to be fixed. Yeah. So if, um, so if people want to almost kind of like, uh, kind of like the way that the, that, um, say like the Stephen King book club is saying mm -hmm. that there's Jessica McHugh book club, because from what I've seen, you have enough books to, you know, make this a thing. Mm -hmm. um, what would be like the, what would be like the, um, the first one that's in, that's in print, that's currently in print and everything that they mm -hmm. can kind of out to and, and grab now. Oh, I mean, green kangaroos is always going to be a fun one if you can deal with body horror <laughs> that yeah. kind of stuff mm -hmm. and uh you know drug addiction stuff uh for people who want a little bit more you know 
uh, lighter kind of horror. I've read a lot of horror, so the most of the stuff is horror. Uh, Rabbits in the Garden is people seem to enjoy. It's about a a 13-year-old girl who's accused of um, a murder or several murders uh, in 1950s on Martha's Vineyard, and she's incarcerated in Taunton State Asylum. And uh, it's all about her trying to prove her innocence um, and escape without, like, basically going insane. Mm-hmm. Or is she already insane? Ah. <laughs> 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 So that one, and that's the one I'm writing the sequel to now, which takes place um, 15 years later um, Mm -hmm. in California and during the 70s. And it's, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so, uh, and also for for people who don't dig horror, I have a young adult series, The Darla Decker Diaries. It's about a girl in sixth grade. Now, this is quite the about face. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, regard, regarding this. So, this is something I'm really curious to know. Like, how did how did Darla Decker come into your life? I I still have all of my diaries from growing up, and they're uh, pretty detailed mm-hmm. um, and illustrated. And there was just so much. I was so frank, and I just really wanted a character that you know was very uh, a basically like a series about what kids are like actually going through and being frank about things like you know sex drugs and yeah a little bit of rock and roll but (laughs) i mean she she does do an andrew wk song during a show choir performance so which um, one which which song (laughs) party hard nice And uh, I mean, it's very much, since she's in sixth grade, it's basically, there are five books and they, they are sixth grade through eighth grade with the summers and stuff. So um, she's going through puberty. She's, you know, losing friends. She's fighting with, you know, her parents basically don't talk to each other. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they definitely hit some heavy issues, but it's also yeah. very lighthearted and, has lots of fantasy sequences because when I was writing, I was just like, okay, I need to like, I need a dragon in here or something. I'm like, Why not? <laughs> like, some things got, there are some pretty um, cringeworthy moments that I would, mm-hmm. that I would call horror yeah. moments. They're definitely <laughs> present. <laughs> so it goes from like sixth grade, then the summer, then seventh grade in the summer, then eighth grade? It goes, um, yeah, sixth grade, summer, seventh grade, eighth grade, summer after eighth grade. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, we just skip one of those summer. Well, yeah, because something happens at the beginning of the the summer between sixth and seventh grade that uh, or seventh and eighth grade that kind of cuts off the whole summer. So oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But what shall it be? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would love to uh, write more of them. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I don't have plans to do so, um, just because I have a couple other things I want to work on. But one day, I would love to write. Um, I, I had an idea for, called Darla Decker Stays Up Late, um, because all of the titles have like rhyming kind of names. Yeah. You know, take the cake, shakes the state. Um, and the first, and the first one was hates to wait, right? Hates to wait. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so this one was stays up late. And it was just going to be a 24 hours, like the entire novel. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's very there, cool. There was this thing that I, I used to do with my friends in high school, or maybe it was middle school, um, called Midnight Madness. And it was like hosted by the Young Life Church, like in our town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lock-in kind of thing, right? Yeah. But like it was a bus and it would take you to all these different things until like really late. And really? It was, it was really fun. You could like play laser tag and go like cosmic bowling. We would see a movie at the Senator. And, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We, it was really hard to endure the, the mass ahead of time yeah. for me personally, oh, yeah. but I was like, we're going to get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> So you're just kind of like bouncing in your seat and everything. Just yeah. Like, you know. And they would have like sing-alongs and I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to play paintball. Nice. 
Oh, it's so cool. That is that is a great idea too. Yeah, That's so I, I definitely wanted to write that one eventually. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Very nice. So that's, yeah, that's a really, that sounds like a really fun one uh, to yeah. do. So yeah, I, I hope that, you know, that uh, you're able to dive back in that. So, you know, that would be, that would be a really fun read, I think. Um, I like, to, I need some distance between like, you know, series. I do like writing series, but after a few books, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's cage that I created. I think, I think that's where, that's where I am with, uh, with this third Excelsior book, because yeah. it's supposed to wrap up this trilogy. And yeah. But at the same time, like, that's all I've been writing with this, you know, I mean, it's yeah. for, you know, five years with Ever Upward and, you know, so many years with the first one and three iterations with the first one, too. You know, like, it yeah. finally got, you know, just where I wanted to be in that in, um, in 2017. And then in 2018, you know, the second one comes out. So I'm like, I have to keep up this momentum. It's got to come out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, I know what I, what I want to write and everything. And I just sit down at the keyboard and just, just yeah, I got yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's, it's a lot of pressure, especially, you know, when I was finishing that last Darla book, you know, I had to write it in such a way that just in case I never came back to these characters again, mm-hmm. it would feel like a good ending. Yeah. So it was a lot of pressure and, and I was convinced the book was utter garbage. <laughs> and then I had to send it to the beta reader and she's like, yeah, this is the best one. Oh, so. that's great. <laughs> so, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing to hear. So you know, like try to keep that in mind as you're working through your thing. You yeah. know, it's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves because mm-hmm. we want it to be good because we feel like we owe it. Yeah. you know, to not only the audience, but to our past selves who embarked upon this insane journey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes. just remember that, you know, yeah, absolutely. People, so, people with a fresh perspective are definitely going to see it. So know? with, with that in mind, then you're like, um, do you have, um, I mean, that's obviously a great tip in, in and of itself for up and coming authors that are faced yeah. with face with their their Be own kind to yourself yes yes that's that's the big that's a big uh, lesson here kids be kind to yourself um as you know as writers we are we're our own worst critics mm-hmm. you know and um you know we're not we're not as bad as we think we are you know, yeah um that, that but sometimes sense. sometimes you just have bad days and you write some stinkers and that's yeah. gonna happen too that's how you yeah. grow Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and you know, no, knowing, knowing what you have, like, you know, sitting in your mental queue, <laughs> ready to go and everything that kind of takes us over to a melon farm and heist novel. So, yes. So I, how, how did this start up? Because like when I, I first heard about this, it was just like, I, I got to read this. <laughs> I, um, so years ago, I, I think I posted on my author page, like just all these things that I wanted to write, all these projects I wanted to work on. And I said, you know, a MFN heist novel, just being like a heist novel. Yeah. And, uh, and someone's like, please call it, <laughs> please title the book that. Yeah. And I, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it, I, I can't remember. I don't want to say the wrong person. I'll have to look yeah. into that because they need, they need to be credited. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this, the universe that this story takes place in is the same universe as um, a book that I had come out last year called Home Birth, which mm-hmm. is a kaiju novella. Oh, wow. um, and it's a uh, it's an intergalactic action sci-fi story um, has all kinds of uh, creatures in it and uh, and one of the main characters in that novella is one of the main characters in a melon farming heist novel and it's uh, but the main character the like protagonist is a 70 year old woman uh, grandmother who is just realizing that she is the chosen one. So, um, so she's our our (laughs) hero, but, and she's really fun. (laughs) Yeah. She's 70 (laughs) and she's got grandkids. She's got to take her pills and, you know, (laughs) so it's a real, but it's, there's a lot to do with, um, 
her history and a lot of stuff that's touched on in, in home birth, which of course I'm going to have to go over again for people that haven't read home birth. Right. Um, but there are also some connections to uh, my short story collection, the maiden voyage and other departures, because there are also hybrids in this, In but there are hybrids in both universes. So mm -hmm. they're somewhat connected, although that takes place in 2000 or in uh, 1912 and uh, Melon Farming Heist Novel will take place in, I was going to do 2020, but that's, that's when I, when I was planning on writing it like two years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> and a lot has uh, changed. Oh, so, yeah. Um, see, the same London problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Marching forward and I'm not writing fast enough these days. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's, it's going to be um, uh, a big, wacky action adventure, sci-fi extravaganza. There's a big intergalactic game show in it called a melon farming game show. The nice. melon farmer is a device, it, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> awarded to the winner of this game show. And um, it's basically some bad guys have entered the show and... Uh, kind of the heist is put together to outplay them and it's a very the, the show is very much you know ninja warrior and trivia jeopardy and like <laughs> you know all, uh the newlywed show <laughs> like basically wow. all these these weird things mixed into one big super show to yes. win the melon farmer <laughs> i love it i love yeah. it and I got, and there's and, shifters yeah. in it. They're hybrids. There's a big spider woman. It's <laughs> wow. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling that I'm gonna say wow like over and over again when I finally get to sit down and read this one. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, I really hope to. I you know I've I've plotted it out a good amount of it. I've written a couple passages. Um, I hope to really sit down and start writing it in the new year. Um, and, and focus on it 100%. I just got to finish Hairs in the Hedgerow, get that to post-mortem and dust my hands off and then I can start anew, real fresh. So with all, so with all the experience that you've had regarding, uh, regarding working with different uh, small presses and everything, um, are there specific ones that you would recommend that everyone kind of reach out to? Because I know you've had some bad experiences, but at the same time, it sounds like you've had some really good ones as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing is an excellent small press. They're the same as uh, Dark Moon Digest. Mm -hmm. um, Max Booth and Laurie Michelle, they are just... They're, they're amazing artists and critics, and they want to put out the best work, and they're just, like, awesome people at uh, supporting authors um really showing their love in the way that they market and also in the way that they um send out submission calls and stuff they're totally like you know authors deserve to be paid which we do um mm -hmm. submission fees are not cool you know yeah. all that kind of stuff um so i i love them 100 percent. they and they do tend to put out some pretty fun um short story calls like there was a they had one for a pizza anthology way back i'm still i got shortlisted i'm waiting i'm waiting yeah. oh i want to be in that pizza book <laughs> um <laughs> postmortem press is great um i've worked for them for years and years i love eric so much um yeah please go support them especially because they have they they have just been absolutely supportive of me from the get-go i was one of the first novels that they published and it was such an amazing experience working with them to uh, build my presence and the fact that I still get to write and what people wanted to know, you know, what happened after Rabbits in the Garden. That was, you know, always awesome to hear. So them, Raw Dog Screaming Press, same thing, really cool family. That's what's great about a, a small press that is that cares about their authors. It really does feel like a family and a community. And um, yeah, Raw yeah, that, Dog that is great. Yeah. Raw Dog was the one that, that uh, had that writing retreat, right? Yes, yes. They are, they're always doing writing retreats. I was yes. so envious when I saw that cabin. I was just like, oh, oh God. It just looks like a wonderful, just like a haven for creativity. Yes, that was so wonderful. Yeah, and they, they were good enough to like award me a scholarship so I could go to that 
that's you know, that's amazing really hard to you know get away to afford that kind of thing yeah so i mean them crystal lake publishing i haven't i haven't worked with them yet but i really like the people who worked there so just you know there are a lot that i have i can tell that they're awesome people and i want to work with them someday <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> that's so cool that is so cool and um so where can where can people be as lucky as I am and find you on social media? <laughs> um, I'm I'm pretty uh, active on Instagram these days. Um, the Jess McHugh, mm -hmm. I, I go by that on Instagram and on Twitter. The Jess McHugh, and if you Google me, you can find me pretty easily. Also, you can find a dentist named Jessica McHugh. Um, <laughs> Random. She seems to be doing really well. I'm yeah. really happy for her. <laughs> so shout out to both, to Jess. Yeah, yeah, go. Pull those teeth, Jessica McHugh. Yes. Oh, maybe she'd give me some free dental work, you think? If you keep on pushing people hurt in her direction, yeah. then yeah. All right. Yeah. I, got a new, I got a new goal. Right. Um, yeah, and on Facebook, I'm kind of unfortunately backing away from my Facebook page, the official page, just because they don't get reach anymore. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> there's, there's only so there's only so much you know so so many times yeah. you can yell into a vacuum that is you know like your Facebook right. So I mean you can Facebook follow page, me yeah. on my personal Facebook. Um, I don't really take too many friend requests, you know. But yeah. but yeah, uh, I think I think that's it. Twitter, Instagram. Oh, and JessicaMcHughBooks.com. There you go. There you go. And for, uh, if anyone's wondering, it's M-C-H-U-G-H. Yes. For McHugh. Yes, yes, the, the <laughs> wonderful McHugh-universe. I, um, I consider myself very fortunate that I have, uh, that I've been able to get a seat on the, on the, the, um, the starship heading out to the McHugh-universe. Um, <laughs> and um, I really hope that all of you have, uh, have felt the same way from, uh, with this past hour. Um, and just like, uh, just like Jess said, you know, like, you know, be nice to yourself and you're going to find, you're going to find that creativity flowing. And Jess is a perfect example of someone who has ideas that go in many different directions and has been able to get them all out there. So do not pigeonhole yourself. Do not beat up yourself and continue, continue to be nice to yourself and enjoy enjoy the art of writing we yeah. you know, like we are we are doing this because we love doing it if you're not loving doing it then you know like with all due respect why are you still here yeah. um, <laughs> try try some other kind of art yeah the, and you know, like, like when you have the drive to creativity you just gotta try a bunch of things until you find the thing that suits you exactly i mean like uh, just the very first episode of this show I had a wonderful conversation with uh, with Doug Rozier, who is a multi-award winning uh, West Coast Swing dancer and instructor and an event director and produces his own his own online events. And, you know, it's it all started with, you know, being involved in theater and mm. and I'm starting to yeah. learn ballroom dancing, instructing. There you go. You know, like, I, mean, <laughs> I just I just learned how to do my triple swing. There you go. And you know, like I've been, you know, like I've, I'm a experienced, nowhere near as experienced as Doug, but you know, like at the same time, you know, like I've done my share of, of teaching beginners for West Coast Swing. Never thought I would be able to do that um, until, until we made the move here. And that's when all of a sudden it's just like, oh, West Coast Swing is awesome. And, you know, this is what, you know, Cheryl's been doing for so many years. And, you know, now it's just like, I love doing it. I love going out and, and I love teaching beginners. So, you know, like, I'm sure that you kind of feel the, that rush as well. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning everything, but I am sure I am. Cause I teach creative writing sometimes. So I totally get, um, you know, that rush you get when you see someone like pick up on something. Yeah. Hopefully my teacher feels that way when he's teaching me swing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so again, um, so yeah, just, just like, you know, just, you know, we are, we're basically all about, um, when it comes to, you know, like when it comes to our creative outlet, it is in a sense, a key to immortality because this is what, you know, this is what we, this is the voice that we'll be leaving behind eventually. Mm -hmm. 
And we all want something that's going to outlast us. We all want something that is going to basically just be a reflection of us, you know, like when, when we eventually move on. And, and I have to say, you know, I definitely have to say this, you know, to Jess, um, you know exactly who she is mm-hmm. by reading her work and Aww. all, you know, like all, you know, like different, uh, different forms of it. So thank you so much for, for being, uh, for being on the show and thank you all of you for listening uh, to this, to this great discussion. Well, thank um, you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for, um, for, I hope that all of you continue listening as we continue on through, through NaNoWriMo and then through December uh, when we're, dis- when we're having uh, talks with, um, we have editors lined up. We have, we'll be able to talk with uh, my own publisher at Aloris Publishing, Jeff Collier. Uh, we'll be speaking with the, uh, the members of the Writers Authority, uh, which is a wonderful team made up of Jerry and Geller, Michael Rusco, um, and my agents, Amy Brewer and Patty Carruthers. And so you're going to be hearing from them as well. Um, and I got so many other people that are ready to go with their episodes. I got playwrights, I got artists, I got stand-up comics, I have other authors, I have voiceover artists. It's going to be just a wonderful hub of creativity, and I really hope that all of you continue listening to this show. Like what Jess was saying, be good to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You are not alone in all of this. So... For Jessica McHugh, this is George Soroy saying to you, Ever Upward. We'll see you next week.